When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. I'm recording this actually early. It'll it'll post just after midnight. And uh, so for those of you that uh, like to get your Boneyard early, today is for you. I had a busy day today, a really busy day today. So I'll get up early. I'll drive the kid to Jackson. He'll get on a plane to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, he'll spend a day or two with his mom, and then they're going to begin to drive back to Starkville, Mississippi. So your good friend and host, it appears that I will survive all this, is as we record on Monday, uh, they'll be en route on the final leg of the journey, home. So they'll go out there and see all the Breaking Bad stuff and go eat at uh, Los Palos Hermanos, which is actually called Twisters, there in uh, Albuquerque. I've been to that location the same one that uh, was so famous from the show. I love the Breaking Bad show. Many of you know this. But uh, they're going to head out there. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm going to be here holding down the fort, covering Mississippi State baseball. And I want to make a confession to you guys, too. You know, I pride myself on being a, a good parent. I, matter of fact, I think I'm a great parent. I think my record speaks for itself. I had a college baseball player that uh, is now a corporate accounts executive with a communications company. I've got a computer engineer as my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, well on her way to being a, uh, an attorney, one of the top students in the history of Mississippi State. As a matter of fact, she just recently wrapped up her eighth and ninth season-long national championships. I'll remind you that Mississippi State had never had a national championship in speech and debate, and my daughter Mia has nine of them which is believed to be the most ever. And then Ian, my youngest, will be a freshman at Mississippi State next year. And uh, I walk in there to talk to him as he's packing a bag. And I noticed something. I noticed that he was wearing something that I didn't approve of. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, and it pains me to say this, but he had on a flannel shirt, and underneath the flannel shirt was a Nirvana shirt. Now, I didn't buy it for him. I don't approve of it. I've told him as much. I've asked him, can you tell me one Nirvana song? He says, no. And as his older brother said, what a poser. Very, very, very disappointed in myself. I offered to buy him a Soundgarden and a Pearl Jam shirt in exchange for that one. We'll put it on the burn pile. He is considering my offer. I don't know what his counter may be, but he did say, well, how about you buy me two shirts for my adoration? And I think, where did all this cockiness come from? I think it comes from his mother's side of the family, to be quite honest with you. As he walks around here aimlessly in his Nirvana shirt, gloating. And so at some point, I am going to get that shirt. I am. 
A man has to live with his principles. He also has to admit the failures that he's made. And it's, it's abundantly clear at this point that I failed. I have. I will remedy it. And uh, I, he did confess that he bought the shirt with his own money. I don't know if I believe that. Because it seems like I cash app him a lot. So I may have unknowingly and inadvertently bought a Nirvana shirt. We may have to burn the whole house down. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I guess his Nirvana shirt may be their problem too. Uh, thankful for Bulldog Burger Company. I tell you, the, the, here's the deal too, guys. The um, I, I spend a lot of time eating out, especially over the course of the last several months, you know, with uh, with my wife being gone. That's one of the reasons I've, I've gotten so skinny. People ask me, Steve, you doing okay? Well, you know, there's nobody here to feed me other than that. But when I go to Bulldog Burger Company, sometimes that's like the only meal I need. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you go places and you sit down and you eat and you leave hungry. That's never the case at Bulldog Burger Company. You get more than what you pay for there. You get quality service. And that's one of the things that is uncompromising at Bulldog Burger Company. I spoke with John Bean recently. He said, you know what, Steve? We hire hospitable people and then we're hospitable to them. And I can tell you that's the case because my Nirvana shirt-wearing son works at Bulldog Burger Company. And he loves it. Now some of his best friends are employed there. It's been a great experience. And he comes home and he has stories. Hey, this happened and this happened and we did this and we did that. And, you know, there's, 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 they're always training those employees there to provide a better experience. It's, you know, a lot of places just kind of, you know, throw it out there and just hope for the best. That's not the case of Bulldog Burger Company. They, they take customer service very, very seriously. And as a person that's in business himself, I appreciate that. I take customer service very seriously. You're never going to make everybody happy. You're not. You're the best you can. But I respect people that, while they will always come up a little bit short, they strive for perfection. And that's what you're going to get at Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, uh, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by and check it out. And for those of you that uh, attended the TAP Takeover, on Thursday, hit me up. Let me know how it went. I'm curious to know. I don't drink beer. I'm living vicariously through all of you. But I hope you had a great time. And there will be more of those events to come. But in the meantime, go by, have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Get that chocolate shake to go. Get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Trust the science. It's in writing. Isn't that what they told us? Right? This is true. Bulldog Burger Company, a fabulous place for a night out with friends or family. You can have an adult beverage. You can have a family meal, whatever you'd like. I'm kind of on the uh, back on the Sloppy Joe Sliders kick. I really like those a lot. And it's a good portion. And, of course, if you're not in the mood for a burger, you can uh, have a salad. I'm a proponent of the BLT grilled salad. You may like it fried. I like it grilled. I'm from South Mississippi, so I get it with ranch every single time. That's who I am. That's what I'm about. You go by, find your own favorites, have those great restaurant-quality burgers. You'll be glad you did. Absolutely. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people to go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, I'm very giddy and excited tonight. You might be able to tell. And it's not just because uh, I'm about to be reunited with the wife again for a while. And she's going to be much closer to home when she does go back to work. I'm, uh, I'm very excited. 
But Mississippi State women's basketball absolutely handled business tonight. And it was, I mean, from the first quarter on, we knew who was going to win this game. 49 points in the first half. Are you kidding me, Sam Purcell? You talk about answering the bell. That's the thing. How many times have we been on the precipice of something great? It's like, you know what? We control our own destiny. We just need to go handle things here, go win a ball game, play up to our potential, and we don't do it. And this is across the board, right? It's sometimes that has been the Mississippi State experience. That's one thing Dan Mullen and Jackie Sherrill, that they taught us, you know what, hey, you can have some pride in this university and this program. And Sam Purcell and the ladies were absolutely prepared for this game. We, we knew that Mississippi State was the better team. We felt like this game being played at home, even though it was a bit of a toss-up. We were only two games ahead of Arkansas in the standings. Now we're three. But a 25-9 first quarter, and you think, oh, well, that's a fluke. No, we went back 24 points in the second quarter. Now Arkansas did get some things going offensively in the second quarter. They scored 30 points in the first half, and you would think, man, this is a, a good outcome. Well, you know, not when you're down 19 points. The third quarter was a push at 19-all. That's not what Arkansas needed. And then Arkansas wins the fourth quarter, but it's academic at that point. The game was over. The outscore is 24-19. The final score, Mississippi State 87, Arkansas 73. The Razorbacks fall the 19-11 overall and 6-9 in the conference. And your Lady Bulldogs, 20-8 and 9-6. Folks, we have done it. We have talked about this for weeks on this show. If we could get to 20 wins and have a winning record in conference, which is now guaranteed, it doesn't matter if we lose by 100 on Sunday, the worst we can be is 9-7 in this conference, which ensures, assures us of finishing the top half of the league. So a great first year for Sam Purcell. And, again, I'm not on the NCAA tournament committee. I'm not. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. I don't know how you keep us out, especially after the big quad one win over Alabama earlier this week, and you come home again on Greek night. Thank you, students, for turning out and participating in that. And we hammer Arkansas. And kind of in my in my belief, I believe we have removed all doubt. I believe we're in. I don't think we're the last team in. I won't say that we're comfortably in, but I believe we're in. It wouldn't hurt us to pick up another win somewhere. You beat LSU. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens in the conference tournament. But let's say you get beat at LSU and you win a game in a conference tournament on a neutral floor. I think at that point you can say you have removed all doubt. So big win for the Bulldogs tonight. Let's take a quick look at the numbers here. Uh, Samara Spencer for Arkansas, big game for her. 25 points in 33 minutes of action. And then Michaela Daniels pitches in 17. Uh, two other Lady Razorbacks uh, have nine, Chrissy Carr and Aaron Barnum. But uh, the big story is Mississippi State. And how about Jaquela Jordan? 19 points for her, playing some of the best basketball of her career here down the stretch when the Bulldogs absolutely have to have her. 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, 6 of 12 from the floor. Pulls down three rebounds, but Jessica Carter back in the lineup after a two-game hiatus. A double-double for Jessica Carter. 16 points, 13 rebounds, 27 minutes of action. 6 of 11 from the free-throw line, and, and, and that's... You know, we got to get better there for her. But overall, as a team, we're 21 of 29, and five of those misses belong to Jessica Carter. And that's not an indictment on her, but it just goes to show you uh, the team is doing a great job. And free throws is about coaching. It is. Good free throw shooting is about coaching. Bad free throw shooting is about coaching. Alana Smith, 13 points, five rebounds for her. And then off the bench, Courtney Weber, one of her best nights in the uniform, 11 points for her. 
The Bulldogs yanked down 44 rebounds on the night. That generally gets you a win. Arkansas, pretty good job as well with 40, but State a plus four in the rebounding column. Arkansas, 19 of 31 from the free throw line, but 8 of 32 from beyond the arc. Bulldogs, 10 of 23. So it, basically in every metrics here, you look at it and say, you know what? State was a better team, and we were, and the final score proves it. And a lot of ladies finding their way into the box score. DeBrusha Poe was a starter. Uh, got, a, got us five points and expecting even bigger things from her in the future. Ramani Parker, you know, again, a very solid reserve. It transferred in from Louisville. Five points for her, five rebounds. And that's the main thing. It's just rebounding. What a monster she's been on the glass. Lady Bulldogs as a team shoot 49.1%. That generally will work, especially when your opponent shoots 354 which is what Arkansas did. Really, really good night in that respect. And, uh, of course, Bulldogs, we mentioned free throw, 72% uh, from the line. But in every aspect, State really, you know, handled the game. State with 34 points in the paint, Arkansas just 28. State with 14 points off turnovers, Arkansas just 9. State with 26 bench points to Arkansas's 6. Arkansas with 13 fast break points. They get us there. We only had 11. Second chance points, 11 for State, 13 for Arkansas. And at no point did Arkansas lead in this ballgame. State took control early, controlled the game until the very end, and then when the bench is emptied, Arkansas was able to kind of make a few baskets here or there. But the reality of it is, is we have accomplished what we hope to accomplish. Of course, that loss to Missouri still stings a little bit, but I believe you have erased much of the stench from that. Had you won that one, I think at this point we're thinking, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. It does give you a little bit of pause in some respects. It's because of the fact that you know, Missouri was 4-8 and eight in the conference at that point. All right, so what's left? It's a road trip to LSU, and that's not going to be fun. Okay, we're going to have to bring our best effort, and uh, defensively we're going to have to play better than we even played tonight. And we can test some shots, but we got to do a better job doing one-and-done type stuff. But LSU – under Kim Mulkey, has been a good team. I give Robbie Falk a lot of credit now. Robbie keeps up with this thing a whole lot closer. Many of us kind of checked out, right, a couple years ago. Robbie has been there all along. He is the definitive expert on Mississippi State women's basketball. And Robbie was the one that said, you know, I, I just – I don't think LSU is quite as good as their record indicates. They're 26-1. and one. But he felt like that ball game between LSU and South Carolina was going to go basically as it went. He really thought South Carolina would crush them. They absolutely did. Tigers have won three in a row, and they're second in the SEC. Now, two games behind them with just one to play is Tennessee. So, LSU assured of finishing no worse than second in the conference. In the event that South Carolina gets upset, of course, they would hold a tiebreaker and still be the one seed. But Mississippi State now fifth in the SEC. Tied with Alabama, tied with Georgia. You've got the win over Alabama. You had the loss to Georgia, the worst loss of the year. And Georgia's trending. They've won five in a row. But State currently fifth in the SEC. And, again, there's 14 teams in the league, and you're tied with two teams. So, as it stands today, State's going to finish in top half because everybody behind them is 6-9 and nine or worse. So, State guaranteed to finish in top half of this league, and this is arguably the best women's basketball conference in the country. And so you got to feel like when they go and sit down and look at these resumes, I think the Bulldogs are in. I think it's as simple as that. 
Uh, and again, Arkansas now drops to six and nine, which has them just behind State, Alabama, and Georgia. They're tied with Missouri, Florida four and eleven, Auburn four and eleven, Vanderbilt three and twelve, Kentucky two and thirteen, and A and M two and thirteen. And congratulations to the Aggies for finally winning another game. Yeah, how about that? That's pretty cool, right? So good for them. They're only seven and eighteen on the year, but they have been more competitive down the stretch. We've talked about that on the show a couple times. I look at this Johnny Harris thing too, and uh, I've mentioned this on the show before too. You know, John passed her over for this job, and a lot of the fans are upset about it. I supported the decision, and granted that Auburn program was not in the, the state that Mississippi State was at the time, but I, I felt like Johnny's you know, path to be an SEC coach is probably a leave as the one, you know, the, the lead assistant for Vic and go coach at a G5 for a couple years and then get the Power 5 job. And, uh, again, Auburn – doesn't have a lot of tradition in recent years. They used to be a power in this conference, but they're 14 and 13 overall. And again, 4 and 11 in the conference. And you got to begin to ask yourself, you know, how chilly a relationship is that? John's already passed her over once, and now he has her at 14 and 13. You know, do Auburn fans really care about women's basketball? I don't know that they do, but it's interesting. There's something to watch. I don't think anything happens. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. 
So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Happens this year, but it's something to watch. Let's take a quick look. Kind of a whip around the conference here. Florida upsets Alabama, which allows State to pull even. Of course, Alabama now 0-2 on the week. So Florida finds a way. Uh, previously uh, three and ten in the league on senior night, I guess, with, at the O'Connell Center, Florida finds a way to win. And I think if you've got to look at Mississippi State and Alabama head-to-head, down the stretch, mm, I don't know. Texas A&M upsets, upsets Kentucky. I don't know if it's really an upset. They're both two and 13 in the league. But uh, Kentucky had the better overall record. That game is in College Station, and uh, the Lady Aggies – win there 74-67 South Carolina beats Tennessee 73-60 no real surprise there Tennessee even at 20 and 10 think about that for a second they're 12 and 3 in the league they're 20 and 10 we have the same number of wins as Tennessee does and we beat them they have a better record in conference but overall we have the same number of wins Ole Miss holds off Missouri and, and had to do it really in the fourth quarter as Missouri really came on strong after the break, a 27-point third quarter. They outscored the Lady Rebels by eight. But in the final period of play, Ole Miss win 17-13, which allows them to kind of hang on to the lead. That they had a very pretty substantial lead at the break. And then that crazy third quarter for Missouri brought them back in contention. Uh, but Ole Miss does it. They get it done and get their 10th conference win, now 10-5, and five, just a game ahead of Mississippi State. Uh, Georgia, 70-59 winners. And, again, Georgia trending in the right direction. LSU just shells Vanderbilt, 82-63. So, we look at LSU now. And, and that's the thing now. It's like you begin to say, okay, well, this is a game that we really haven't thought about. We haven't put a lot of time and effort in talking about because we've expected to lose this game. And we may. We may. It's always tough to go and play in the in the uh, Pete Maravich Assembly Center. It doesn't matter if it's men's or women's basketball. LSU folks, even though they are somewhat uh, love-hate when it comes to basketball, they will turn out when they're winning. They have Kim Mulkey, um, you know, as their coach, Kim Mulkey-Robertson. I'm sure there is some relation. We'll claim her. I don't know if she claims, claims me, but we'll claim her. Uh, and I will tell you this, uh, when we, we, we beat them – uh, to get to uh, the Final Four, you know, she was a little bit salty, but I tell you, I had a chance to talk with her a little bit after the game, and uh, and she was great with me. I've had a lot of people say she's difficult. She wasn't difficult with me. When she was at the podium, it was a little different story, you know, because people were kind of peppering her with questions she didn't want to answer. But uh, one-on-one, she was great. She was. But uh, this is a big ball game. Of course, LSU 26-1. and They're undefeated at home this year, 14-0. and their one loss came in a true road game, of course, at South Carolina. But uh, you run the numbers here, and, uh, of course, they you know just absolutely were destroying people early on. 
they scored 100 points in their first five games. Crazy. And that's the thing, you know, the illustrious hind dog and I talk about this, the difference between the haves and the have-nots, there's not a greater variance than in women's basketball. Women's basketball teams will absolutely trounce you. If they can, they will run the score up. That's just how it works. I don't know what the dynamic there is, but, uh, again, LSU passes a century mark five games to open the regular season. And then they, they nearly do it again. They, they take care of George Mason, then put up 99 in the Bahamas against UAB. Take care of Southeastern and Tulane. The New Orleans game got canceled. Good for the Lady Privateers. Uh, Lamar, an 88-42 winner, 91-52 for Montana State. Oregon State, they drilled them down in Hawaii. And they get into conference play. Arkansas was a ranked team at the time. They beat them by 25. They get Vanderbilt twice this year. Beat them by 25. Beat A&M by 40. Kentucky by 19. They get Missouri by 20. 30 against Auburn. And then the rematch against Arkansas in the We Back Pat game. Excuse me. Yeah, rematch game because they won in Bud Walden. Down in, in the uh, Maravich Assembly Center. Proved to be a more, much more competitive game. LSU had risen to third in the country then. Arkansas was unranked. But the Razorbacks gave them all they wanted. But LSU hangs on to win 79-76. They bounce back the next game and uh, head to Alabama and just absolutely trounce them, 38 points. They squeak by Tennessee by eight, and then they host Georgia, who may be maybe a dark horse in the tournament. We talk about having a team to come out of come out of the bracket and play South Carolina that may be a surprise. They might upset somebody along the way. Georgia takes LSU to overtime in Baton Rouge. They ultimately lose 82-77, but what a game. A&M, of course, began their kind of resurgence a little bit late. They only lose by six in College Station to LSU. And then, of course, South Carolina gets them 88-64, the one loss of the year to the number one team in the country. And State played South Carolina better. Granted, we played them in Humphrey Coliseum, but State still played them better. And then Ole Miss puts a scare in LSU, but the Tigers win 69-60. They go to Florida, beat them 90-79, and, of course, tonight, 82-63 winners over Vanderbilt. So it'll be senior night on Saturday. It's a 5 p.m. tip, central time zone. It'll be the gold game. I don't know if the fans will wear gold, but the team is expected to wear gold. So it's going to be an emotional night. You're going to have some seniors playing their final game. Uh, maybe that plays into it. Who knows? You never know how emotions are going to work uh, when it comes to these games. And then Friday, March the 3rd, the SEC tournament begins. And so we'll see how things go how the bracket kind of shakes out. But uh, this is a very good LSU team. They're not on the level of South Carolina, as recent results have shown us. But it's a very talented team. Let's look inside the numbers here as you uh, look at the Tigers. If we can get this to come up here. Okay, so they're averaging 85.1 points a game, allowing just 57. So nearly a 30-point differential, 28.2 scoring margin for the Tigers. And a lot of that goes back to non-conference where they were just absolutely wrecking shot. But we, I just went through all the SEC scores with you. More times than not, they're winning by 20-plus. As a team, they're shooting 47.5%, allowing just under 35%. Three-point shooting's been pretty good, too. 36.5%, making right at 5.5 a game, allowing about 5.5 a game, too. But their opponents are shooting a much lower percentage, right around 27%. As a team, free throw shooting right at 70%. That's really good. Opponents shooting 65%. Women's basketball, that's one thing, too, I've noticed, too. 
And I don't know if it's the fact that, uh, you know, it's a repetitive motion or whatever, but uh, there are a lot of women's basketball teams that, that convert their free throws. And, even, you know, we're, we're a pretty good free throw shooting team too. Uh, rebounding, it's plus 17 and a half. It's insanity. 48 rebounds a game, they're allowing 30. They clean up the glass. And that, that's, that was always the deal with Baylor, right? Whether it be Brittany Griner or whoever, they always had a player down there that could dominate in the post. 15.3 assists per game as a team, allowing just 9.8. Assist turnover ratio is 1-1. That'll get it done. 9.7 steals, allowing just 7.3. So really, in, in every category, LSU is outperforming their opponents, and, and which would be the expectation considering their gaudy record, right? They didn't get to be 26-1 and because they're lucky. They're good. Now, Angel Reese averaging 23.8 points per game, 39 blocks, a ridiculous year for her, 403 rebounds. Let that sink in for a second. As a team, they have just under 1,300, and one player has over 400. Going to absolutely need Jessica Carter to play her best game of the year. Can't be intimidated. Got to go out there, bring the fight to her. But Angel Reese is a straw that stirs a drink. But she's not the only one. They have four starters scoring in double figures. Alexis Morris is 13.9 points a game. Uh, and then, you know, Jasmine Carson's another, uh, 10.2. Uh, Flage Johnson, 12.3. And I'm sure, I'm sure I butchered that. But, uh, you know, they have a healthy bench where you have a handful of players that are averaging about five points a game. So it's not like they're just getting bound their starters. You know, they have some depth. They're developing some players. And Kilmulkey is building LSU back into a national power. This is exactly what Scott Woodward expected. You don't go hire her and write that big check to go to the women's NIT. LSU is ready to be LSU again. LSU used to be a dominant team under Coach Sue Gunner, and they haven't been for a while. And so now LSU is back. And we got to go down there and deal with them on senior day. I don't expect to win the game. I don't. And I know some of you don't like to hear that. Yes, there's a reason we play the games. But we're playing a very complete team. That the only team to beat them is the number one team in the country. That's undefeated. So it's not like it was a fluke. But it just goes to show you LSU's just not quite there. But, uh, you know, they'll be the number two team in the tournament. Be on the opposite side of the bracket. Wouldn't see South Carolina until Sunday. But we got to go down there and deal with them. And so we got to find a way to go make it work. And I'm not, I'm not ready to count Sam Purcell and the ladies out either. But I don't expect to win the game. That's just being a realist. And in no way, I, again, I don't care how bad we get beat. It doesn't erase what we've accomplished. But I want to go down there and compete. And I think we will. I don't expect to win, but I do think we'll go down there and compete. I, we've got to be able to handle that post game. That's going to be the most difficult aspect of every bit of this. And then we'll see how the bracket breaks down. But you know, it's going to be tough for us to make a top four seed at this point, you know, unless something absolutely crazy happens. But uh, we don't expect it. So let's take a quick, you know, kind of look at the schedule uh, for the weekend and uh, kind of see maybe who perhaps where we can pick up, uh, you know, maybe perhaps a – can you catch Ole Miss? You know, Ole Miss and, 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 Van, and Alabama are going to play head-to-head. 
And so that's an important aspect of this thing, too, is can Alabama rally? Can they find a way to pick Ole Miss off? And, uh, of course, Ole Miss swept us, you know, so they would they would hold the tiebreaker against us. But, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for us. But I think probably the best we can hope for is to be the five seed and maybe perhaps the six seed. But, uh, again, if we drop that ball game and go to nine and seven, you know, that's about where you're going to be. Um, so Georgia will visit South Carolina. Of course, Georgia, again, playing great basketball. But you're about to go into um, – you're about to go into the frying pan here. Goodness gracious. Texas A&M will beat Arkansas. Should be a win for Arkansas, but uh, after they've lost tonight and then saw A&M win, perhaps uh, there'll be a rejuvenated and refocused Lady Razorback team. Of course, neither of those teams can catch us. Tennessee will be at Kentucky. Kentucky uh, dead last in the league right now. And so Tennessee should get that game, especially after losing tonight. Florida's at Missouri. You would think Missouri being at home, there would be an advantage there, but we'll see. You know, Florida, of course, uh, upset winners tonight. Does that uh, push them to a victory on Sunday? Ole Miss is at Alabama. We discussed that one earlier. We'd like to see the Rebels lose, but State, of course, is tied with Alabama at this point. So even if you know State can't catch Ole Miss, it may be better for us that Ole Miss wins. Because of the fact State and Alabama are kind of similarly situated when it comes to NCAA resume. And if you can't catch Ole Miss, you want to be able to gain ground in Alabama. So as crazy as it sounds, a win for Ole Miss might be a good thing for Mississippi State. Vanderbilt's at Auburn. And again, neither of those games really impact us. And of course, State's at LSU. So that's your women's basketball uh, review and preview. And of course, we'll get together on Monday and we'll talk about what happened. But, uh, you know, still some movers and shakers in here. You know, of course, uh, if you begin to think about the standings, uh, as it, you know, if things go as we expect, right, and to see how it all kind of shakes out for us, that's an important aspect of this thing too. You know, this is, uh, you know what does it look like here in the standings? But um, you're tied right now with Alabama-Georgia. Alabama plays Ole Miss – Georgia plays South Carolina. You certainly project a loss for Georgia there, but uh, even though Alabama's playing at home, if Ole Miss gets that game, and let's, let's say State loses at LSU, well, then all three teams then are tied at 9-7. and seven. So if you can find a way to get the big upset over LSU, and then that solidifies you as the five alone. But um, it's kind of crazy how it all works out. But uh, here we are again playing meaningful basketball in late February and uh, talking about finishing top half of this league. Exciting times. It really is. And congratulations to Sam Purcell uh, and Lady Bulldogs for, for a big week. You know, this was a week we knew would, in many respects, kind of define the season down the stretch. And uh, we, we were glad to get those two games at home, and we've handled those games. So, again, congratulations. And uh, for those of you that are in the uh, South Louisiana area on Sunday looking for something to do, go cheer for the Lady Bulldogs. They're going to need your support. Our time for today's Top 10 list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's Blair Chandler. He's my friend, your friend, a friend to all, and a friend in the mortgage industry. Life gets complicated, and sometimes you got to get your equity working for you. Maybe you got a wedding to pay for. Maybe you've got a home-to-home improvement to do. And sometimes you just don't have a choice. And you need to deal with somebody and get you the best deal possible. And that's Blair Chandler. You know, many people say, you know what, Steve, I'm reluctant to get involved in processes like this because I don't want to get turned down again. Maybe the dream of home ownership has eluded you. You need to have the best guy doing the best job for you. 
That's Board Chandler. 21 years of experience in the mortgage lending industry, works for Fairway Mortgage, one of the most reputable organizations when it comes to mortgage origination. Number one in customer satisfaction. Blair top 1% close ratio in the country. It's a complicated process. You need somebody at times to hold your hand, help you navigate your way through it. And that's what Blair can do. Nobody stays in any industry for 20 years without getting a job done. That's what Blair does. Reach out to him at 601-500-2344. 601-500-2344. And tell him that you heard about him on the boneyard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. That's a $500 value. How cool is that? A lot of people want your business. Blair's willing to prove it. He goes, you know what? Do business with me. I'll save you a little money in the process. Many people would offer that if they could, but they can't. But when you've been doing it as long as Blair has, he knows how to get things done. I want the best guy or the best gal, the best individual fighting for me and my family, and that's exactly what you're going to get with Blair Chandler. Again, that's closewithblair.com, C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. And if you forget it, hit me up on social media. I'm happy to send you his number. Closeofblair.com. Okay. All right. I am uh, probably the best gift buyer that you guys know. And uh, my wife can uh, provide testimony to that. Uh, despite the long hair and the tattoos, I am a romantic at heart. And I put a lot of thought and time into the gifts that I give. And, and I, I can't stop giving. I, I joked with her a while back. I said, you're going to have to come home because we're going to go broke. Because I'm going to keep buying you stuff. And so I've done so many things for her since she's been gone, and I've, been, I've missed her so much. And uh, I've done things for her because it makes me feel better to do something nice for her. Like I've, I've ordered her some you know, Quest chips and healthy snacks and Gatorades and things like that. I'm just trying to save her a trip to Walmart when I can because her schedule is so difficult at times out there. Now she's done working in New Mexico. So we're packing up, getting ready to head back. And so... I've done all kind of stuff for her. I really have. Bought her jewelry, sent her flowers three or four times, four or five times, and I went and bought flowers when I was out there. I mean, that's just what you do, right? And so um, I love the Cameo video service. I do. Many of you maybe have used that, or maybe you haven't. And I will tell you that I have used it twice for her now. So when uh, the first time that I told her I loved her, uh, we were in Natchez, Mississippi, Riding around in her daughter's, in her daughter, in her sister's car. We didn't have a daughter then. Um, and Firehouse's second album, Hold Your Fire, was out. And uh, I, I, the relationship was getting very serious. We'd been together all the time. And I did what every young guy in the late 80s, early 90s did. I played her a power ballad. And I said, anytime that I listen to this song, I think about you. And I played When I Look Into Your Eyes from Firehouse. And when the song was over... She looked at me, and she had a look in her eyes, and I said, I love you for the very first time. And so here a couple months ago, I uh, got C.J. Snare from Firehouse to give her a cameo video about that moment. And she loved it. And so I was thinking, you know, hey, I, you know, I want to do something else for her here at the end, and I know she's coming home, and uh, I've spent way too much money. But uh, last night was your last night at work, and I thought, I want to do something nice for the ladies that have been so nice to her. I mean, she's been gone for so long, and she loved her coworkers up there. So I, while I'm at Dirty Noble Field, I called up the folks at uh, Insomnia Cookies there in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and had them deliver two dozen cookies to the nurses that worked the night shift on labor and delivery. And I didn't tell her. And all of a sudden, she gets a phone call from an Albuquerque number, and she answers, 
and uh, thinking it may be a physician or somebody else like that. And it turns out it's a cookie guy. And everybody had a good time. And she thought maybe that was it, but she was wrong. Because I had also reached out to Josie Scott, who we have mutual friends, and also through Cameo. I said, hey, Josie, I want you to do this video. So you did this video. Hey, I know you guys have been apart. You know, be careful going home. And uh, thanks for you know, being a fan, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's pretty cool, man. It really is. Nobody's ever sent me a Cameo video. I've done it twice. And um, it's really not that expensive. I mean, if you get big-name people, it is. I mean, you can get Snoop Dogg to do it for a few hundred bucks, you know or Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon, people like that. I mean, you, you can spend some money, for sure. Um, but Josie was great. And uh, Josie has a new band coming out called uh, Shade Violet. And he's a former lead singer of the band Saliva. And I got to thinking, have we ever done a Saliva Top 10? I check it, Roy. We haven't done a Saliva Top 10. So we're going to knock that out today. I loved Saliva. I, I don't like them as much with a new singer. To me, you know, there's some bands like ACDC pulls it off. But one of the reasons that they do is because that's the rarity, right? I mean, you had Bon Scott. And Brian Johnson, in many respects, is a better rock singer than Bon Scott was. Let's just be honest about it. Not that we don't love Bon, but Brian Johnson's got a better rock than we used to. He smoked himself into, uh, you know, into hoarseness, to say the least. But, um, but anyway, I love the Josie Scott version of Saliva. And uh, Josie actually left Saliva after the sixth album, to pursue a career in Christian music. And uh, became a believer. And uh, his full name is Josie Scott Sappington. He's from Memphis, Tennessee. And so I thought, you know what? Josie went over and beyond this, what I asked on this video. I sent it to a couple people before I sent it to Dana. And they were like, man, he really did a good job with that. He took it really seriously. And he did. I was so impressed. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I tweeted out about it, and I said, you know what, maybe I'll do a thank you, and maybe we'll turn some people on to some Josie's music, right? And so many of you know some of these songs, and many of you don't. But Saliva was a great rock band. They're still a good rock band. They were great when Josie was with them. I think the songwriting has taken a step back without Josie. I know the vocal performance has. But um, we're going to give you a, a top ten, and I got three honorable mentions today. I have been reminded I don't, I don't do as much of those. but uh, So we're going to have three. And uh, one of them is with the new singer, and that's I Walk Alone, which is Batista's walkout for you wrestling fans. I Walk Alone is by Saliva. And then My Own Worst Enemy featuring Brent Smith of Shinedown. And then Hunt You Down is another one. That was probably number 11, to be quite honest with you. All right, so we've got some colorful language in this list. And so I'm going to make it PG-13 because some of you I know have kids in the car, so you can trust me. And you can go back and look these songs up later, or you can go find our great list on Spotify, courtesy of uh, Roy Samanti at uh, Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. Follow him on Twitter and Spotify. He's not going to flood your feed with pictures of his food or his cats or anything like that. And he's, he's, not, he's not a crazy person, right? Um, but anyway, so number 10 on my list is one of the last singles of the Josie Scott era, and it's Bad A-S-S, Okay. You can do the math on that. It's a really good song. It's the second single off that final album with Josie. Number nine is another WWE song. And it's one of my favorite saliva songs. You say, but Steve, why is it nine? It's because Brent Smith from Shinedown does most of the vocals. I absolutely love this song. When I put it on, I have to listen to it at least two or three times. I can't just listen to it once. It's like a Pringle song for me. And there have been times I've listened to it on repeat 
over and over and over again because the vibe of the song just kind of gasses me up. But again, it's saliva with Brent Smith from Shinedown. It's Don't Question My Heart, number nine on the list. I love the song. And again, because Brent sang most of the vocals, I have to put it a little bit lower on our list. All right, number eight. Again, some colorful language here. But it's F all y'all. Okay, and that's the last one of those. Okay, so you know, don't have to you know, cover your ears or clutch your pearls. But uh, it's basically about your enemies. It's like you come after me, that's fine. I'll come right back after you, right? And so it's another one of those songs that kind of fires me up. Now, every other song on this list has been a very successful charting single. Many of you will know these songs. Number seven, in the early 2010s, this was kind of like the video presentation at Auburn. So if you saw State play at Auburn in 2010 or 2009, whatever year it was, we went over there when Robert Elliott returned a punt for a touchdown on the block punt. You got a chance to hear this song because Auburn had a huge video board presentation for this, and it's a song, Family Reunion. It's great. I love that song. How could you not? Number six, one, it's a little more serious. I think it's one of Josie's best vocal performances. It's a great song called Broken Sunday. I love the guitar on it. There's some muting on there. I mean, it's, it's one of those songs, too. It's very catchy regardless of what the lyrical content would have been, it's got some good hooks in it, but the lyrics themselves are great. And I, and I love Josie's vocal. In it. I absolutely love it. Number five, and this a lot of people may have this one number one. I mean, you, you talk about a song that is so appropriately written about a toxic relationship. And maybe you're still in this relationship. And this is a song in many respects that could be anthemic for the person uh, and I'm not going to chase this rabbit trail long, but of course, you know, it's like er- nowadays everybody's narcissistic. Like, we throw all these labels around. You know, sometimes they're not narcissistic. Sometimes you're not carrying your weight. How about that? It's not that they're being toxic. They're maybe asking you to, to hold up your end of the deal. Oh, well, they're so needy and narcissistic. Well, God forbid you love somebody, right? Show a little affection every once in a while. Give me a break. Get so sick and tired of reading that stuff. Well, you, I've dated a narcissist. You know, maybe you're the narcissist. You ever considered that when you go through all your memes and post all this crazy mumbo-jumbo on your social media account? So this song is for you. It's your disease because your disease is killing me. Crazy people, man. Number four. This is a great one. Oh, I love the build-up in this song. I do. It's one of those songs you grit your teeth to, man. It's just one of those songs. You hear it. You think, man, haven't I heard this somewhere before? Because the lyrical content in it is just so good. You think, surely I've heard this somewhere before. It's Ladies and Gentlemen. And it's another one of those fire em up songs. It seemed like it was in every SEC football stadium around, you know, around the league you know, for like two or three years. Ladies and Gentlemen, can I have your attention, please? I love it, man. All right, number three. This is another one. Another one of these uh, failed relationship songs. And... Um, I suspect, of course, I've never had a chance to talk to Josie. I was supposed to go meet him when he played down in Hattiesburg. I got a book signing. There was like no way I could get the book signing done and make it in time for sound check and uh, hang out with my buddy Brian and uh, and meet Josie. And I'll do that at some point. Um, I'm a Josie Scott fan. I really am. Even more so today after that great video. But um, this is one of those songs, man. It, it's kind of left up for interpretation. And the song is always... 
And it's like the song builds, and you can tell the relationship been working, and then the ante talks about it, and the gun is shaking in my hand. And you wonder, is he going to commit suicide? Is he going to kill somebody? You know, what's happened here? But it's very much a volatile situation. And that's the beauty of art, right? Obviously, it didn't happen. But people that are great emoters and people that can elicit emotion from their, their audience, whether they be writers or singers or whatever, they, they, they make you think. And that's what this song does for me. It's always. And I love the chorus on it. I, I just can't live without you. And so it gets toward the end of the song and you're beginning to wonder. It's like, well, did he off himself? I mean, is this a relationship here where he's some fatal attraction? He couldn't let go? I mean, is he the healthy one in a relationship? Well, if he's got a gun, probably not. But it's a very thought-provoking song. Number two, and this is the one most people would say this is the quintessential saliva song. This is probably the one that got you into the band in the first place because it seemed like every highlight video in football had this song. And then people set it to like extreme game stuff. And then there was all these uh, collision course type things. But it's the song Click, Click, Boom. I love it. They overplayed it. I still love it. There are times when I listen to Saliva, I'll skip over it because I think I've met my quota listening to this song. But this is their biggest hit. This is their most memorable song in many respects. But Click, Click, Boom, number two on your list. Number one, and this used to be the intro to this show. That's how much I love this song. And uh, I tweeted this out tonight. If there's ever been a song that told my story, it's this one. And maybe that's one of the reasons that I love this band so much. There's some bands out there, they write music, and you identify with it because it's like they're singing your song. That's how this feels for me. It's Survival of the Sickest. That's a title track from the second album. Maybe in the first album, I think about it. Um, But nevertheless, I digress. It's after midnight, so it's after 11. But... uh, Survival of the Sickest, man. I love the lyrical content on this one. I love how in your face it is. I love how it's like, you know what? You want me? Come get me. You think you can make me sweat after all things that I've been through? You think you can make me nervous? Clown? You can't. It's true, man. I love it. I love the intro. I love the outro. I love the chorus. I love uh, everything about the song. I won't say it's a perfect song. I mean, it's not on the, you know, the, that level. But uh, for me, like if I like if, if you had to like play a song, everybody talks about what if you had intro music wherever you went. Yeah, you know, my, my my opinion always varies on that, right? But if I'm true to myself, this is it. This is it. And matter of fact, when I write the recovery book, this will probably be the name of a chapter, if not the chapter of the book, because I identify with this song so much. There's just some songs from certain bands that just kind of hit you right where you need to be touched. And this is one of them for me. It's survival of the sickest. And uh, I've shared with you guys before when I was um, very active in the recovery community in Hattiesburg, my home group was this group called the Gratitude Group. And, um, and so we, we, the group continued to grow and uh, we were very much in your face on my, my faction. And so we split off. And um, so we, I remember that they broke off the meeting. And they said, okay, we're going to have newcomers across the hall, first three steps in here. And then in the atrium, Steve will take some are sicker than others. And so that always, this song kind of reminds me of that, you know. Because, guys, I was a sick person, man. And I don't, I don't just mean like mentally sick. Obviously, I had some issues because I didn't see life the way I should. I didn't see a lot of value in life. 
And I shared that with my wife here recently, too. It's like, you know, because you get all emotional. Like, when you've been apart, you're finally going to reunite for a while, you know. I told her, I said, you know, I said, before I met you, I was just self-destructive. I mean, I was, I, I was going absolutely nowhere. And, and I've shared this so many times with people in recovery. You cannot save somebody that doesn't value their own life. I mean, if they don't care about their own life, why would they care about yours? I mean, there's no empathy. There's no room for it. And so the first thing you have to do is convince somebody their life is worth something. And that's what happened to me with my wife. She convinced me that I was worth something, that I could be somebody, that I could accomplish something in life. Because I'll be honest with you, if it had not been for her, I would be living, and no disrespect to anybody that lives this way, okay? Uh, I'd be living in a single wide trailer, uh, working some job, some dead-end job, and paying some girl I hate child support. That's where I'd be. And he said, but Steve, don't sell yourself so short. That's the reality. I didn't want anything great in life. And then when I met this wonderful girl from Natchez, Mississippi, she convinced me, you know what? You got some special qualities. Let's just kind of redirect your focus here. And uh, I knew that if I wanted to stay with her, I had to stay sober. I do. And, and, and to be honest with you, um, you know, the state of Mississippi gave me about six months of free sobriety, right? So thank you, Judge Michael Eubanks, for sentencing me to the RID program because if I had not been in the RID program, I'd probably be dead. And it's the truth of the matter. That's not hyperbole. It's true. I tried to kill myself. I did. I'm a suicide survivor. And I wear it like a badge of honor because God spared me. And I've made the most of my life. I've done a lot of good for other people. I've tried to put other people first. I get a lot of joy in giving and sharing experience, strength, and hope with people. But I share that with you because, you know, in the beginning, like, I see this thing that goes around on reels. I could watch those reels for hours. And it says, you know, who's the person that saved your life not even knowing it? You know, of course she knows this. But I don't think she realized at the time how little I thought of myself. And I think that's the measure of love, right? I mean, honestly, it's the person that makes you want better for yourself. They want you to have a better life. And they influence you in a way that they, they provide self-esteem and value. You start thinking, well, if somebody this wonderful could love me, then maybe there are some good things about me. Maybe I do have some positive attributes. Maybe I'm not this big loser. And, of course, there are all these old people on social media who want to try to remind me that they think I am. They're wrong because after 30 years of being with this woman, and it's been a lot more better than worse, but it hadn't always been um, you know, rainbows and unicorns. It hadn't been. You know, I mean, when you're together that long, I mean, there's always peaks and valleys and everything. But the reality of it is, is and, and I share this with people all the time, there's so many people that take such value in the work that I do, and it means so incredibly much to me, more than I could ever say. I could spend the rest of the weekend talking about what you guys mean to me and those of you that buy my books and those of you that subscribe to the website and those of you that just stop to say hello and sometimes you take a picture and other times you just want to shake my hand and thank me. I cannot begin to tell you what that means to me. I can't. But to love me is to love her, even if you don't know her. Because without her and her love, I would never have been able to do any of this stuff. I would have never even attempted to do this, to sit here in front of a microphone just talking about stuff like this, talking about Mississippi State and talking about life and recovery and music. and stuff. I would never have had the confidence to do it without her. That's just the reality of my life. And maybe your life is different. You know, maybe you've, you, you've had a, a more of a life of privilege than I have. But I can tell you, I, I wouldn't trade her for anybody in the world. I told her that tonight when we were saying goodnight after FaceTime. I said, I wouldn't trade you for anybody in the world, not even for one night. 
And that's true. That's how I feel about her. It's, it's true. And I hope at some point in your life that you can feel that way about somebody else and they feel the same way about you. All right, next segment of the show brought to you as always by Campus Bookmart. Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Doing a great job for a long time. There's a lot of people that enter this industry that don't last. There's a reason Campus Bookmark's still around. They know what they're doing. They know how to take care of you. They know what you want to buy. So why would you go anywhere else? Go to campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. They get you free shipping on all orders over $75. Any order less than $75, absolutely incomplete. But when you're in town coming to see the Bulldogs play, leave a little bit early so you can go by and peruse their fine selections. Bully Shop's completely renovated. Everything is upstairs now. No longer in the textbook business, so they're just selling Mississippi State merch. Go by and check them out. Best selection in the known universe, campusbookmart.net. Okay, since we were together last, Mississippi State won a baseball game. You guys are aware of this, obviously. And it's a game we needed to win because after Tuesday night, we were all pretty despondent, including your good friend and host. The Wednesday score should have been the Tuesday score, to be honest with you. We shouldn't have lost that game. And uh, some ULM administrator was talking trash to me on Twitter about why was Chris Lamontis uh, embarrassed when he lost to a better team. Well, I think we showed on Wednesday that's not really the case. Uh, Gerangelo Sanjay. Or Santee, I got, I got, I got to talk to him to find out for sure because I, 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 I butcher names all the time. I want to make sure we get this one right because um, Gerangelo has been outstanding for us. He's two and zero on the season, and you guys saw on Wednesday night why he was so highly regarded by Major League Baseball scouts, and the fact that we got him on campus is a really big deal. It is. So let's make a quick uh, review of this ball game, really quickly here. Uh, Gerangelo walks Archberger in the first inning. He gets two quick outs and he walks Archberger on four pitches. I don't know if that was kind of an unintentional, intentional walk. It's like, hey, this early in the ball game with a freshman pitcher, let's be careful with this guy who killed us on Tuesday. So we walk him and then we get a K to uh, close out the uh, top half of the first. We get a, a leadoff walk to Monty Larry. We do nothing with it. Um, we end up get, actually get, uh, Larry gets picked off for the second out of the inning, but um, and then Dakota Jordan grounded out, and so it's no score after one. We get into the second, back to back K's from Gerangelo, and then on a one one count he hits Washburn, and then we get uh, Thibodeau to foul out to first base. Luke with a very nice play there. Nobody really talked about it, but that was a great play at first. Uh, by Luke as he snares that little liner down the line. Bottom of the second, State finally gets on the board here. Hancock is hit by the pitch, and then Slate offered walks, pushing Luke to second. Hunter Hines, it's a fielder's choice there. They uh, they retire offered at second, but Luke goes to third. And then Bryce Chance, a guy that just won't go away. And you look at him and you think, oh, this guy's not a big-time ball player, but he is. Singles back up the middle of the run scores. A high full strikes out swinging, and then uh, Forsyth singles to right, and we have Hunter Hines gunned down at home. I did not like the decision to send him. 
I believe he is the slowest player on the team. I don't mean that in a negative way. He's doing the best he can. But um, it didn't take a great relay to get him. But they gave us a great relay anyway, and they get it. Could have been a much different deal there. Because then all of a sudden you have Imani Larry uh, hitting with the bases loaded with two outs. And as hot as he's been, I would have liked to see him have a chance to swing against a pitcher in a stretch with the bases loaded. And, yes, I understand some pitchers go to the windup in that situation. I do. I get it. But you understand I like to keep the pressure on them. I think we let them off the hook there. All right, top of the third, uh, Gerangelo gets a K swinging, a fly out to right, gives up a single to uh, DuPont, and then comes back and get Archberger to strike out. That was huge considering how well he, he played against us Tuesday. All right, bottom of third, State can't get on, but we do threaten. Uh, Larry strikes out swinging after a lengthy bat. Ledbetter's been hit by the pitch. And then uh, Dakota reaches on a throwing error. I'll be honest with you, if I'm scoring this, I'm going to give him the infield single. I didn't think it was a routine play. Nevertheless, they didn't give it to him. Hancock then walks, which loads the bases. They make a pitching change, and Slade Offord swings at the first pitch. It's an inning-ending double play, 6-4-3. Gerangelo, in his final outing, final final inning of the game, goes 1-2-3 here, gets Brown the ground out, Davis strikes out looking, and then Haggard strikes out swinging. And the last pitch was 97 miles per hour. Craziness. Our bottom of four, State breaks this thing open. Hunter Hines walks, goes to second on a wild pitch, then Chance walks. They make a pitching change. Ross Highfield rips a double to left. Big game for Ross. And then he goes to third on the uh, pass ball, but, of course, uh, two RBI on that double there. Lane Forsyth walks, then Larry flies out, ends up being a sack fly as Highfield scores. Led better than home, a home run down the line there, 117 miles an hour off the bat, makes it 6 nothing. State. And then Dakota Jordan walks. Very mature at bat here. He works and works and works and spoils pitches and gets one out of the zone on a full count to get on base. Hancock then grounds out and then Offer grounds out to end the inning. But Stake, with five runs in the inning, really pushed this game away. Uh, Graham Wantima, who will be your Saturday starter, uh, comes in in place of Gerangelo, gets uh, a, sing- a-, a bunt, out here on a 2-0 count. I don't know why you bunt right there. It's 2-0. You got a brand new pitcher. Why would you give yourself up there? I think I don't know if somebody missed a sign, but that was a bad decision. Thibodeau flies out down the line and left. Great play. Great play by Dakota Jordan to run his ball down. Single from Jones, and then Weatherby strikes out swinging. Jones, of course, a nine-hole hitter there. You always hate to see that happen to turn the, the order over, but uh, Weatherby uh, kind of dispatched I wouldn't say a relative ease, but it never felt like he was in control of the bat. We do work the count full there, but uh, I think we got squeezed just a little bit. Our bottom of five, State doesn't score again, but uh, again, we threaten. Hines grounds out to second, chance pops up, and then Ross Highfield, another double inside the bag at third. Lane Forsythe then walks, brings Amani Larry to the plate with runner in scoring position, and uh, he grounds out there, and they force Forsythe at second. All right, so in the sixth here, I'm just hoping for the shutout, right? So uh, we bring in KC Hunt, and KC gets a quick out, gets DuPont to line out to right. The ball was hit pretty well. Archberger, of course, then grounds out the first unassisted, and then Brown singles back up the middle, and then it's a throwing error uh, by Lane here. Extends the inning, but rather than fold, KC didn't. We get a strikeout swinging. So it's good to see him kind of bounce back there because – 
you know, the single was barreled up on a, on a full count. And that's, you know, that's what you want. You don't want to walk anybody, right? You want to make them hit their way on. So I can't say anything negative about Casey's appearance. And perhaps maybe he's better suited as a middle reliever. But uh, we do have to find a role for him that is productive for this team. All right, bottom of six, State tacks on a couple runs here. Ledbetter grounds out the short. Jordan strikes out swinging. And we get a two-out rally here. Hancock walks to extend the inning. And Slade Alford hits an absolute Dave Kingman-type home run to left center to drive in two runs. And Hines flies out uh, to right. So it's now an 8 nothing ball game. Colby Holcomb comes in and uh, a dreadful first appearance for him. Much better this time. Grounds against Washburn to ground out the second. He walks Thibodeau on a 3-1 count. Got behind in that count 3-0. They pinch hit. He gets Bridges to strike out swinging and then a line out uh, to left from Weatherby. So he pitches around the walk there. So a much better outing for Colby. And we're going to need him uh, to be that way. And in-state absolutely blows this thing wide open here in the seventh. Bryce Chance pops up to second. Highfield with his third hit of the evening. Singles down the line at third. Uh, Forsyth with an infield single, and there was no play on this. Ball was very well placed deep in the six hole. Amani Larry reaches on a CI here. They thought they had the runner forced, um, but the home plate umpire overrules the play, and there's a CI. Now the bases are loaded. And Colton Ledbetter with a two RBI single makes it a 10th and ball game. And then Dakota Jordan finally gets a hold of one. He's hit a couple balls really well, just not a lot of loft on him. This one, uh, 474. A ridiculous home run. Three-run blast makes it 13-0. They make another pitching change. Hancock flies out the center. Nate Chester then pinch hits and walks. And then uh, Aaron Downs pinch hits for Hines, and he singles to right field, hit the ball really well. And, and that, that, we got to find a role for this guy, too. Connor Isaac pinch hits for Chance, and he doubles in the right center to chase in a run. His first RBI as a Bulldog makes it 14-0. Highfield is in hit by the pitch, reaching base for the fourth time on the evening. Uh, Will Hull gets in the ball game and strikes out looking uh, to close out the bottom of the seventh. Top eight. And, again, I'm just wanting to get the shutout here. I know we've got a lot of reserves in the ball game. Davis Mash from Bulldog reaches on a fielding error. This time it's on Will Hull. It's not on uh, Lane Forsythe. Archberger is in hit by the pitch. So, immediately we were in a jam here. Uh, runners at first and second. As uh, Forsythe's on the mound, not Lane, but uh, Logan Forsythe. And then uh, we give a single to center, and now the bases are loaded, and, and uh, you start thinking, you know what, at some point somebody's going to score here. Then McDonald pinch hits for Brown, singles to center uh, to load the bases, pardon me. And then um, we have a pass ball here, run scores. They, they rule it a pass ball. Uh, then Davis strikes out swinging. Floyd walks to reload the bases, and then Washburn singles to the right side. Uh, to drive in another run. Now it's a 14-2 game. Thibodeau flies out the right field, so it ends, ends up being an RBI sack fly to make it 14-3. We get Zemesco to walk, and uh, it loads bases again, and we bring in Will Gibbs. I think the whole plan was here, let's give Forsythe the eighth and Gibbs the ninth, and we just Forsythe couldn't get out of the inning, and we get Weatherby on three pitches. So good outing from Will Gibbs, uh, which continued into the ninth. Uh, bottom eight, State goes one, two, three. Larry flies out to right. Ledbetter grounds out to third. And then Von Siebert strikes out swinging. Brings up the ninth and gives back out there. It's a great job here. Davis Mesh gets a single to the right side. Congratulations to Davis Mesh, who is a great young man. Just did not work out here. It's not anybody's fault. Sometimes it happens. And then Gibbs gets Archberger, the guy that just absolutely crushed us on Tuesday, uh, to strike out swinging. Mesh takes uh, second during this at bat on a pass ball. 
and which I may have been a wild pitch. I, I, I'm always a little more sympathetic to the catchers here. McDonald strikes out swinging. We end up having to throw him out at uh, at first, and then uh, Floyd strikes out. So Will Gibbs pitches around the walk, but strikes out the side to end the ball game. Fourteen to three, Mississippi State uh, wins the game to advance the record to thirteen and two. Now, big ball games this weekend, as you guys are well aware, as Arizona State comes to town. Now, Arizona State is a college baseball blue blood. I know that they have not had great years as of late, but this is a quality opponent. And we got to bring our best effort. There's no question about that. We're going to have to bring our best effort in this ball game. Now, if we if the team that shows up to play Wednesday, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take this series. If the team that shows up at all on Tuesday, if they make an appearance at any point this weekend, we're gonna lose. The Sun Devils are currently four and zero on the year. They opened up sweeping a three game set from San Diego State. And all those games are competitive. We're talking 6-5, 5 So they're not giving up a ton of runs. And then they beat UNLV uh, 6-3 out there in Phoenix. So, you know, good situation for them. They enter with some juice here. A weekend win and then a midweek game uh, against UNLV. And they got a lot of transfers. And they're going to have some dudes. I mean, you know, and that's, that's how it's going to be. A program like Arizona State is going to usually have good pitching. Just kind of look inside the numbers here, kind of see what we should expect. We've announced our rotation. I'm not exactly sure what theirs, what the order of theirs is. I guess we could, we could do the research here and kind of figure it out. But uh, Christian Curtis, with one start under his belt, also has a win. He goes five innings pitch, allows two hits, six Ks, three walks, and just one extra base hit. Opponents are hitting just 118 against him. I have no clue how good San Diego State is supposed to be this year. Uh, Timmy Manning also with a start and a win with a whip of .53. That'll get it done. 5.2 innings pitch, two hits, just a one walk and six Ks, and also just one extra base hit. Opponents are hitting 105 against him. Uh, Matt Tiding has a pair of wins in relief. He's 2-0 and and uh, four innings pitch, has allowed three hits, has not walked a batter, and just one strikeout. He is certainly a pitch-to-contact guy. He has hit a couple of hitters. But opponents are hitting 214 against him. Uh, Jesse Wainscott uh, is a guy, too, that's also worked uh, from the pin there. But uh, Josh Hansel has a start and a no decision, and Ross Dunn also a start and no decision. And both of those guys, very limited outings here. Uh, Ross Dunn, 2.2 innings pitch, two and two-thirds, allowed uh, two hits, a walk, and two Ks. Opponents hitting 200 against him. Uh, Owen Stevenson is a guy that's worked out of the bullpen for him, too. Uh, has the one appearance. Um, you know, it's done a good job for him, but uh, you can hit him. That's the main thing. But when I look up and down this order, I mean, it's like, okay, you played four games, but as a team, they've only allowed nine extra base hits. And so it's been mostly singles. They've allowed 31 hits, and 22 of them are singles. You'd expect that to be the case, but in order for us to win this ball game, we're going to have to kind of get things going. We're going to have to get a rally. We're going to put the ball in play and uh, try to get some chunk plays there, too. But as, uh, the, as a batting average, they're allowing just 225. they They're hitting 322. So based on what we have seen from the starts, there have been four games. Josh Hansel starts one of those. Ross Dunn, Timmy Manning, and uh, Christian Curtis, the others. And uh, Josh Hansel was the midweek starter. So, again, don't know the order here, but um, – 
I think we know the guys, right? I, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point uh, we kind of know who they're going to start here. But, uh, you know, looking at these numbers and looking at these starts, uh, you know, uh, Ross Dunn started Friday. He is a junior out of Salt Lake City, 6'3", 225-pound left-handed pitcher. He is a power guy, but uh, he was the Friday guy. And then Christian Curtis on Saturday, Timmy Manning was on Sunday. So, Ross, not exactly sure why he had the abbreviated outing, but just two and two-thirds of an inning. And it's not like – I mean, he only allowed two hits. He only walked one hitter. So, you know, maybe he's not right. Who knows? We haven't seen any reports out of Arizona State. But uh, this is a pitching staff that uh, is comprised of a lot of out-of-state guys. I mean, they recruit nationally just like the rest of us do that are Blue Blood programs. All right, looking on the other side of things offensively, Luke Hill leads a team with a very cool, crisp 636 batting average. Seven hits and 11 at-bats, and three of those are doubles. Uh, he is tied for the team lead with three RBI, and, and that's kind of spread up and down the order. You don't have that one master. It's kind of getting things done. Uh, six home runs as a team. They have not allowed a home run yet. Now, it should be good weather for us once we get through Friday. And uh, – he had a ball carried pretty good on Wednesday. So, we'll, you know, we'll see how things go. Uh, but the reality of it is, is this is a team, there's not a guy that you just jumps out here and you look at and say, you know what, hey, you're going to have to pitch around this guy. They're going to have a solid order. They are. Uh, six different guys have hit home runs, including Wyatt Crenshaw, Ryan Campos, uh, Will Rogers, not your Will Rogers, another one, Isaiah Jackson, uh, Ethan Long, and then uh, Luke Kieschel has a home run, too. And so it's kind of up and down the order. They've only attempted six stolen bases. We've got about double that. They're four of six. They've allowed one stolen base in five attempts. So a team that looks to be kind of a station-to-station team for the most part, but uh, 15 extra base hits of their 37 hits. So, you know, we'll see how things go. You know, you got to keep them in the yard, and you got to make them earn it. But uh, there's not a guy you look at right now and just say, okay, this guy is the guy. They're going to have some dudes. I don't care what their record was last year. Arizona State is a legit college baseball program, and we're going to have to play well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to have to bring our best effort. And uh, if we play like we did on Wednesday, I think it's a winning weekend. If we don't, all bets are off. But, you know, we started the year talking about, you know what, we're going to play three consecutive teams that had losing records. And I'm sure they were all licking their chops thinking about us. The difference is we're at home. Then you drop one to VMI that you shouldn't have. Your bullpen collapses. And then the team just didn't show up all the way around on Tuesday. Offense was putrid. Middle relief pitching was terrible. I mean, Bradley Lofton gives you a quality start, and you, you completely, just absolutely waste that. And, um, you know, things got out of hand. You know, and sadly, Lawton saddled with a loss there. Leaves with a one nothing disadvantage, and, and we're not able to overcome that. I mean, that just can't happen. The fact that we didn't score until the seventh inning against Louisiana Monroe is an embarrassment. And, and Chris Lamona said it best. He's walking on the press conference. He goes, I'm sorry, that was embarrassing. And it was. And I tweeted it out there, and a lot of National College baseball writers retweeted it, and some people had some things to say. Mississippi State should never lose Louisiana Monroe. I understand baseball is baseball. That should never happen. We should never lose to a directional school in Louisiana in college baseball. We just shouldn't do it. And, and of course, that stirs up worry within our fan base. It's like, hey, we, we endured that horrible season last year and we're able to give you a little bit of grace because you won the NAFL championship in 2021. 
uh, we're not going to sit back and have a repeat of that. And there's only so much we can do or say that it enacts change. But the reality of it is, and Chris Simonos has said it, this is a tough place to lose. You're expected to win here. So it's a tough place to lose. you got to get out there and make some things happen. That's just the reality of life. When you take the job, you take on the expectations. And people here expect to be in Omaha. And when we don't make it, we're unhappy. When we're not hosting a regional, we're disappointed. And when we're not in an NCAA tournament, we're downright mad. And it's not just because of the fact we have some sense of self-entitlement. We've made a commitment to this. Many of you are paying thousands of dollars to get your seats or to have your rig in the outfield. This is not just some passing fancy thing. I mean, you know, there's some schools out there that don't even charge admission to go to a college baseball game. That's just not the case at Mississippi State. We expect to win. And when we don't win, we're vocal. And a lot of times we say things we shouldn't. But it's because of the fact that we have been so successful over the years. It's one thing we could always kind of poke our chest out about and feel good about. And so this weekend, you're going to get a quality opponent. If you win this series, I think people are kind of back on board in many respects. I mean, it's like you win the game Wednesday the way you did. It kind of buys you a little bit of time. You drop this series, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be absolutely brutal. You know it is. And then we're going to be heading out to Frisco. Uh, to play three power five teams out there. And they're going to have dudes, too. They may not have the same quality of guys that Arizona State does. But if we think we're going to show up Tuesday against a a good Southern Miss team and go through the motions and get a W, you're kidding yourself. Is that a Bradley Lofton start? Is it a Gerangelo start? Do we kind of pair them up there? I don't know. But I think we're encouraged because we feel like we'll get quality pitching in that Tuesday game and so if you hadn't done so, go ahead and you know, buy your tickets if you live in central Mississippi or if you're planning to make a trip uh, down to a Trustmark Park. It's a great venue. Not a lot of home runs hit there, so you can kind of challenge hitters. Uh, but the reality of it is is that uh, we've got four games against quality opponents coming up before we head to Frisco. And uh, me and the missus will be in Frisco covering that tournament. I uh, can't wait to get there. Uh, so we've got, you know, three games before we uh, hit the road for a neutral side game, and then we have a, a trio of games next weekend. So we'll have full coverage over jeanspage.com. I'm undecided if I'm going to go Tuesday or not. Mike Nemeth will be there for us. So we will have full coverage one way or another. I would like to be there, but uh, with the wife coming back on Monday, I'm going to make let her make that decision. I would say we're probably going to go, but uh, can't really say at this point. But uh, either way, we will have you covered. And then we'll, uh, we'll make that trip down to Frisco, Texas, and uh, look forward to, to uh, three good games out there at Riders Field. But, you know, we're going to find out what kind of team we have here over the course of the next 10 days. I don't think we know yet. I, I know that our team was embarrassed on Tuesday. I, I can promise you that. I know they were. And then, uh, then you know, we'll, I think things will ease up a little bit. We'll get Valpo and then Lipscomb coming in here, and uh, that should be a, a winning week for us. And then, of course, we head down to Biloxi, and we'll have coverage there, too. So we'll see how things progress. But, um, you know, this is an important weekend for us. And I think because I think Arizona State's going to be better this year, this is one of those RPI building opportunities for us. This is a chance to kind of build a resume some. And so we got to win this series. It's as simple as that. And if we don't sweep, I'm not going to be disappointed. If we sweep, I'll be ecstatic. But, I'm, you know, I expect us to go out here and play well and win the series. We may not. I'm not going to guarantee that. But I, I think expecting anything more than a two-to-one game win is probably asking a bit much. 
All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the fine folks at Portico. My friend Brooks Bryan, your friend, a friend of Mississippi State, a friend of Bulldog Baseball, uh, his phone number is 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Brooks is part of a great group of individuals bringing this wonderful development to Starkville. Phase one's completely sold out. Uh, Portico is the place to be. If if you're unfamiliar, you should be. Listen to the show. We've been talking about this place for a couple years now. You turn off 82 on a 12, take the very first ride on Pat Station Road, that'll get you to Portico. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus, from all things Bulldog, and you've always wanted to be that close. You've always dreamed of coming back here, having a place here, making it your primary residence. Maybe it's your future retirement home. Maybe it's an investment property. Uh, They've got a plan for you. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home, and really everything in between. If you need a custom build, Carrie and those guys can take care of that for you, too. So get with Brooks and say, Brooks, this is what we're thinking. I know it's a difficult undertaking, but we want to be involved. We want to be that close to campus. If I was moving to Starkville now, it's where I'd move. I'm out in the sticks right now. I'd love to be that close to campus, and uh, maybe you do, too. So take advantage today. Call Brooks to get more information. Make Portico your next move. Okay, in the last few minutes we have together here, let's take a look around the uh, Southeastern Conference to kind of see uh, what it looks like. And I'll tell you this too. Uh, listen, I'm a guy that uh, believes in a rivalry. Uh, I, I don't think the rivalry should have to be uh, friendly. I, I, I don't think that. I, listen, I know we're all just competitors and neighbors and all that kind of stuff. I, I get it. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, when, when a young man gets hurt, it is never a good thing. Now, I don't know all the details about the Hunter Elliott thing, but I do know this. That is a guy that is an exceptional baseball player. Uh, we're talking about the old Miss Ace. And uh, not going to pitch this weekend. And uh, there are a lot of rumors out there about, you know, varying degrees of his injury. We, we, we hope it's not significant because he has a bright future ahead of him. And nobody's scared of arm trouble anymore. I mean, a lot of guys, that, there are a lot of agents out there that are more than happy for you to go ahead and get the surgery and kind of get it behind you and get ready for the draft. But um, you hate to see a guy lose his season after the first weekend, and you hope that's not the case. You really hope so. So for everybody on the Ole Miss side that listens to the show, I can tell you, everybody here at the Boneyard and everybody connected with me, everybody's pulling for Hunter Elliott. We, we, we do not want to see that happen. We went through that last year with Landon Sims. Or we, went through it, we went through it ourselves. You win an AFL championship, and you come back, and you think you've got Friday night figured out, and then you lose the guy. And, of course, your loss is so insignificant compared to the personal loss, right? And I think that's what we all kind of see. There, there is a, there's a respect and maybe um, – I don't know how you'd say it, but maybe a fraternity when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I guess because at some point we've all played it. But uh, wishing Hunter Elliott the best, for sure. It was one game on Thursday night, FIU beats uh, Missouri. And, of course, Missouri, big weekend down there in the college baseball uh, showcase. All right, looking at the weekend here, East Illinois is at Arkansas. Should be a dub for the Razorbacks, right? I mean, uh, should be. Should be. I mean, you don't take anything for granted. Of course, uh, Arkansas had a bad loss this week, too. Kansas State is at number one LSU. High Point is at Alabama. Looks like Bohannon's really scheduling hard this year. Wright State, of course, is at Kentucky. Wright State was here a couple years ago. Uh, Penn is at South Carolina. Dayton is at Tennessee. The Flyers, 
going in there. And uh, you know, we, we played Tennessee this year, too. I'm kind of eager to get back up there and see what they've done with the plays. I know they're doing some things in phases, but uh, they've done some things up there to kind of dress it up a little bit. Uh, Princeton is at Georgia. We had them here recently. Of course, Arizona State's with us. Maryland, number 13, Maryland, heading into Ole Miss. That could be a dicey weekend right there. UCLA, number 17, the Bruins, headed to Vanderbilt. Missouri, uh, FIU, uh, I guess, again, that series started tonight. So, Missouri now having to uh, try to even things up on Friday. Cincinnati is at Florida. Auburn against USC. And Portland uh, against Texas A&M. Now, I know some of these games, and of course I haven't done an extensive amount of research, uh, there's some of these teams that, um, you know, have a lot to play for, shall we say. But it's going to be a little different dynamic this weekend, you know, because everybody's still kind of figuring this thing out, figuring who your pitchers are, who you can trust, and all that kind of stuff. All of that's important. All that's a big deal. But uh, nobody is in one of these, uh, you know, I guess LSU maybe is in one of these uh, round-robin type deals. I think that's correct. I think they're the only ones. Like LSU, let's see here. Yeah, they're going to play Iowa. They're going to play Iowa on Saturday. So, you know, not going to be a regular three-game series there, and they get Sam Houston late. But um, everybody else, it's a traditional three-game series. So there should be some lopsided scores this weekend in favor of the SEC teams. Should be. But there are some really interesting series here. And, you know, of course, ours is a big one, too. Neither of us are ranked, but uh, these are two teams that have routinely uh, made runs in the postseason. But the UCLA-Vanderbilt and, of course, the Maryland-Ole Miss series, both of those will be awfully interesting. But outside of that, it should be a weekend where the conference kind of handles things. You know, Auburn going to USC. Of course, USC not ranked right now. But, again, that's a team with, you know, the most national championships in the history of college baseball. So, you know, we'll see how things go. A lot of rich tradition there. So, uh, you know, your rooting interest in all this really is uh, Mississippi State and then against everybody else, right? I mean, we don't. I don't care about having solidarity in the league, right? I mean, do you? I don't. What's good for them is bad for us. But when it comes to conference RPI, it always helps a little bit too. So, you know, I'm a hater. I admit it. But uh, it will be an interesting weekend. And, again, with Ole Miss having to move everybody up a day up there, you wonder, okay, you know, are you just giving Sunday away? You know, but uh, Ole Miss is a team that plays really well in their ballpark. But, of course, without Hunter Elliott, it really changes the dynamic of the series. And, again, I, I say this from the bottom of my heart, you know, I, and maybe because of the fact that my son was a pitcher and, and pitched in college and actually had some arm trouble himself, nothing to that level, you know, but it did ultimately cost him his final year of eligibility. Um, when you see it that close and you know what it means to people, when you know the work they put in, the sacrifices they make, and, and then for something like this to happen, for them not to get the payoff, right? And I don't mean financially, but it's like they go through all this offseason and conditioning stuff. Uh, they have really no social life in many respects, despite what you may think. You know, it's pretty rare they get out and go be a regular college student. And then the very first weekend of the year, you find out you've got an issue. And, uh, again, we hope it's not a serious deal. I don't wish that on anybody. I mean, you don't. I mean, and, and I don't know. Maybe it's because baseball players, you know, behave a certain way or whatever. You know, it's just one of those things. It's a different dynamic. And I guess because I've come up in this and coached high school baseball and things like that, I mean, you, you know what people put in. It's not to say that football and basketball players don't. But it just seems like the injuries 
on the baseball side are a lot more serious. It, it, it appears to be that way. Of course, you do have some guys on the football side. It's a very physical game. But it just seems like with his pitching stuff, and, and there are some guys, too, that never fully recover. You know, I remember Delane Mestipe thing at LSU. And, uh, you know, you can look it up and go read the story for yourself. But Lane Mestipe was arguably one of the best pitchers in the country at LSU. He was their ace. And he gets trapped in the bottom of a dog pile and uh, tears the rotator cuff, and he's never the same. And that wasn't Skip Bourbon's fault. It wasn't anything that anybody did. It was just kind of a freak thing that happened. But, you know, if you're a pitcher, I mean, your future is in your arm. It's in your joints, right? And so when you see a guy go through something like this and people say, oh, nobody's scared about that anymore. And there's some other guys out there that never come back. Not at the same way. I mean, you look at Ethan Small. Ethan was a guy that was throwing 98-99 before he tore his UCL. And he came back a different pitcher. I think he actually learned to pitch and he stopped throwing. So it was a good thing for him in some respects. But it's a very difficult year for him. He obviously parlayed it into a first-round draft pick type situation. So he benefited from it. But he's not a guy that added velo. He learned to pitch. He changed some things up. But, um, yeah, I just can't say it enough, man. I just hope this Hunter Elliott, the rumors about him are not true. I, I just, you know, and, of course, do I want Ole Miss to win? Absolutely I don't. But not that way. I don't want to see them have the season derailed due to an injury. We went through that thing, too. You know, I don't, I don't wish ill will on any young man over a ball game. Absolutely not. And, and neither should anybody else. And uh, I will say this, the comments that I've seen from Mississippi State people make me really proud. It's the right thing to say. I mean, right? It wouldn't be a situation you'd say, well, you know, you should get credit for doing the right thing. I mean, you know, we should all wish these young people well. And I think, again, college baseball is just so familiar to so many of us because it was our dream in many respects. Most of us were too small to play football and not talented enough to play basketball, but we felt like maybe baseball was our, ch- was our shot, right? It didn't work out, but I think it taught people a love of the game. We'll be back on Monday to kind of recap the weekend it was. And uh, obviously, you know, we got some cool things that are happening. And uh, didn't spend a lot of time talking about uh, men's basketball uh, today. And that's not because I don't care. It's just we had some other stuff going on. But, um, you know, big game, you know, coming up for the men. You know, and again, we're reaching the end of this thing. And every game matters. And so when you look at this weekend, uh, Missouri is at Georgia, Arkansas is at Alabama, A&M and Mississippi State. And so if, if you're in town, the Bulldogs are going to need you. And they change the time of the baseball game to accommodate you if you want to do both. So get to the hump because it's a huge game. If State beats Texas A&M, it's no longer a play-in game type situation. I don't think it's anywhere close. Auburn's at Kentucky, South Carolina's at Tennessee. Uh, Florida at Vanderbilt, and LSU's at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with LSU. And that LSU-Ole Miss game could be talk about an exercise in futility. Goodness gracious. And that's the primetime game on a network. But Mississippi State needs your attendance at the Humphrey Coliseum. And again, it's a 2.30 tip central time, and then you can get out to the baseball game afterwards. So you don't have to pick and choose. And you probably get a nice little spillover cloud crowd for, for baseball. But uh, plan on doing both. But if you're already going to plan to be in town for baseball anyway, get a ticket. This is one of the biggest basketball games we've had at Humphrey Coliseum in years. We need everybody that can be there to be there. So please turn out and go support uh, Chris Jans and the team as they get ready to host Texas a Maggies that are playing exceptionally well. I kept thinking they would fade. They haven't. And maybe they will against us. Because the hump can be a very dangerous place to play 
when it's filled to capacity. And we are capable of winning this ball game. There's no question about it in my mind. We are absolutely capable of winning this game. And A and M just kind of quietly going through things, and they're thirteen and two in the league. It's crazy to think about that. And with all the turmoil at Alabama, I mean, could A and M steal the conference championship at the end? They're a game back of Alabama. Could they pull this thing out, twenty-one and seven overall? It's pretty crazy to think about that. And there's just three games left to play in a regular season, and you got to look at this. It's shaping up where A and M has a chance to. Uh, to win this thing. If they can if they can beat us and then win at Ole Miss, they host Alabama in the regular season finale. So you win these next two, and then you get a chance to play at home against Alabama with all the problems they're having there. If they can close this thing out, they can win the SEC. And nobody was talking about them. Absolutely nobody was talking about these guys. But here they are. But we got a chance to derail all that and, uh, you know, probably give Alabama a little breathing room here. I don't think Alabama really wants to deal with this kind of stress and anxiety right now. So, Bulldogs, go out there and let's uh, let's get it up. And, uh, if again, please go to Humphrey Coliseum. Please, please, please go to the hump and then come over to baseball, right? And if you want to get there early for baseball and eat a little bit and then go over and watch a basketball game, come back, nobody's going to think any less of you. But uh, we need you in the hump. We absolutely do. If you had done so, go to dogpilebook.com and you can get all my sports books there. Dogpile, Stark Villains, Alpha Dogs, Flim Flam. If you have a bulldog in your life and they only have one or two of those books, help them complete the collection. There's always going to be a holiday or something coming up, whether it be Father's Day or a belated Valentine's Day gift, an anniversary gift, whatever, or just a gift because I love you, right? Blooms of Oleander, my book of poetry available at Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, BooksAmillion.com, through your local bookstore. And uh, you can find it locally at Campus Bookmart and Bookmart and Cafe. And Stark Villains gear always available at StarkVillains.com. Come join our wonderful community at JeansPage.com. We are the biggest Mississippi State website in the world. Come by and check us out today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>